0: The year is 2022. War is raging across the globe. The global economy is in shambles. A pandemic has kept individuals and families locked inside for two plus years. You are now here in your car, listening to two men who have never played professional sports try to talk about professional sports. Think about your life and the choices that you've made leading up to this moment. I am your host, Max, along with... Traeus. And we are going to begin this episode and discuss sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ha <laughs> on a much lighter note. God, so doom and gloom, people. Don't make me question my choices. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 64. 64 is a multiple of eight. Eight times itself. The square root of 64 is eight. Episode eight was uh, 20. Uh, no, it'd be more than that. It'd be about 50 weeks ago. Uh, it, I can't do that 50, much math. 56. Uh, eight times seven. <laughs> um, yes. And seven is the number that um, uh, Obama care has been uh-huh. in effect. Uh, and. Obamacare is the same number of letters as the Illuminati.
1: Oh, yeah. Now we're getting
0: somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You can see the lines connect (laughs) across the board. You can see, look, people, math is hard. All right. I'll admit it. I was never the best at math. um, And I was always pushed beyond my limits. Uh, And I would always get terrified, you know, when I was in math class in high school. We had this one teacher who would kind of go up and down the rows and you knew when your turn was coming. So in order to not embarrass myself, I would kind of like look ahead at which problems we were going to be solving or which ones were in the homework. And I would furiously scramble and double check and try to have my answer ready so that by the time she got up the line, whether it was in front of me or behind me, that I was prepared and ready to go. And I always sat in the front because I was like trying to learn, but I was on the struggle bus. And I don't know if anybody else has had that experience in math class, but my God, I don't think I've ever sweat so much in public.
1: That was me. That was me in high school English. We had like, I had a teacher that, and I think most, most teachers in my school did this, where we had like to learn a bunch of words each week. Mm. Um, And for the homework for like learning these words, we had to put them within sentences and then my teacher made us read those sentences out loud (laughs) and she would call on people the same way. And if you're sent, like you could probably get away with some crappy sentences if you weren't, if you didn't have to share them in class, but then the ones that you shared, if she didn't like them right away, she would just grade you horribly like she would Whoa. just she would just be like like she would tell you if you got an a based on the sentence you read out loud and she'd pick the word for you so like if you knew that it was your like you were going to have to read it i would like double check the sentence be like let me see how many how many how many commas like i'd make it like super long and in depth like it got to a point where we were just writing like a paragraph for a sentence because people wanted to make sure that they were using it using the word and like the best possible light, the most like, na- like, best prose or narrative style. And like... your word
0: is indubitably. I yeah. indubitably <laughs> believe in myself and the fact that I have yeah. supernatural, <laughs> equestrianal, otherworldly <laughs> abilities to Literally. verify the indubitableness of my skills uh, yeah that literally word. yeah we were but,
1: talking about like 17th century
0: wordsmiths i do say i've crafted the perfect sentence <laughs> a teacher professor i am here at university and i am prepared to uh, expand your knowledge and minds as the artistry i have crafted with the words on this page shall open up a realm Never before seen by the mortals within the confines of this room. Anyway,
1: that's not like, that like some like Dumbledore. Type. Are we
0: talking about sports or are we doing magic here, people? Let's pick a lane, pick a lane. You know, I always think that we should just come up with a tangent podcast, and we could just, you know, because the, the, the riff rap that we begin our episodes with is some of my favorite stuff. You know, oh, it's great, but the people are here for sports. And they don't want to hear that. Unless you do, let us know. <laughs> Tell me, I'm listening. Okay. Okay, shout. Think- shout at the car radio. Yes for
1: yes. <laughs> and no way for no. Make sure, make sure you have your windows open so that the cars next to you can also hear your answers.
0: <laughs> Sitting at a stoplight. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh my goodness, gracious. <laughs> well, welcome back everybody. Yes, so we're excited to be here. We're happy to be here. We have a lot of uh interesting topics to talk about. We have some issues with maturity and accountability. We have some in memoriam and disclaimer nobody has died. Everybody's okay this week. Um however, some uh, dreams have died. Some perhaps careers. Some seasons have died and or been killed, and we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about some good, some bad, some highs, some lows, some embarrassment, and we're going to get right into that. But we're going to kick things off with none other than the legendary, the coveted, the powerful weekly highs. The weekly highs. So I got the. the I, I, I so I have the weekly highs this week, and I'm going to start with my sports related high now it's not exactly sports but it was a high that was given to us gifted to us by former NBA champion big baby Glenn Davis you know what a man you know he's stealing people's seats and now now he's doing something even better now so over this weekend I got a a text from Shrey and typically when we're thinking about our topics that we discuss he'll send me something like hey what do you think of this or like oh check this out or you know things like that and so He sent me a text and he said, hey, what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) So it's a tweet. Didn't give me the tweet preview. So I was like, I just clicked it. You know, I could have been anything, but I trusted him. I trusted him. I open up the tweet and it's a video of big baby Glenn Davis in his pool. And he kind of like smiles at the camera. And the caption reads, have a cheeky day. (laughs) Well, Glenn Davis pushes off the wall and like a slippery seal that is completely soaked. He glides into the water revealing none other than his full-blown naked ass. Completely nude, just a boop. And I never thought I'd see <laughs> big baby Glenn Davis's ass, but I did. And I had to go bleach my eyeballs afterwards. But uh, that is my <laughs> <laughs> personal high, is that I had a game night with with my roommates in the house, and we played the Oregon Trail card game.
1: Oh, okay. The card which game, actually- yeah. yeah.
0: Which is actually very hard, and uh, you basically the premises that you try to get from wherever you start from, like Missouri to Oregon, and there's a bunch of quote unquote calamities along the way. Either you have to like cross a river and you could drown, you die of dysentery, you get bitten by a snake, you die. Like there are just some things where like if you draw a calamity card, you can die, you can run out of food, water, medicine, and that was my, my personal weekly high. So if anybody's ever played that game, uh, it's really hard, but we won. So, it's good. All right. Well, uh, enough of that. Let's get into the weekly lows.
1: <laughs> the lows. <laughs> so, Max, for the weekly lows, uh, I'm going to start with my personal low this week. And uh, that is how I'm feeling right now. Mm. Um, I feel, I think I have like a... Uh, a canker sore in the back of my throat it is the it is the worst feeling it is worse than any canker sore i've ever had i've been looking it up i've been i don't know i feel like i've been webmding it since i've had it because i'm like i'm like why (laughs) and you're
0: about to die
1: (laughs) like every time i every time i uh i'm eating something i'm like oh like it just like pains me and (laughs) like why why all of a sudden uh can i not like swallow food it makes no sense um and uh from the internet it sounds like i may have a canker sore in the back of my throat i don't know i can't i don't know i didn't put a camera down there so who knows <laughs> oh you
0: have one of those those like dentists and operating cameras that you can just like slide down your, <laughs> yeah, your esophagus
1: i'm talking i'm sore. I'm not doing that to myself while I'm wide awake.
0: <laughs> I'm wide awake, wake, na, 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 na. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that sucks. You got a canker sore. I didn't know they could go like where. Where is it in relation to your uvula? Yeah. Oh, it's down there.
1: It's like it's like it feels like it's like midway, like right here. Oh, that's, what, that's where that's why if I like poke at it, like it it like hurts. Oh, but. It's only on one side. It's only on the right side of my throat. So that's why I'm like... You
0: strep? Is it an inflamed tonsil?
1: So I don't know. But I don't think I have strep because it's not like my whole throat is hurting. Like, it's only hurting on the right side of my throat. Oh, okay. So I I don't know. I feel like every time something bad happens to me, I end up like looking it up like four different ways. Yeah.
0: Because you want to know again, are you going to die? Are you going to grow a third limb? (laughs) What's what's going on here? I need to, I need to web MD and self-diagnose. Why well, I go to a doctor when I can do it from my own home? <laughs> well, that's yeah, you know, that we live in a society Shrey, where you know, like like that intro said, you know, things are just going wrong, but at least you can self-diagnose.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> good or bad, I don't know if That's <laughs> If that's that's good uh, or bad. In
0: this economy, man. For sure, oh. that's
1: why. Yeah, none. This economy's. I'll, I'll deal with the home remedies and not go to a. Seriously. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, but when I broke my nose a few episodes ago, back in November, actually, that bill, that hospital bill, was two thousand dollars, and what did they do? They took two X-rays that I never got to see, and they just told me to put ice on it. They told me they didn't even give me the ice. They just said, go home and ice it. You broke it, but that's that's all there is. Two thousand dollars.
1: Doc, I could have goes. told
0: you it was broken for free.
1: Yeah. No, I went in in college, uh, I woke up one day and I like just kind of shifted my neck and I could hear
0: Ooh.
1: and I was like, Oh, that's not good and when i when i, when <laughs> oh, I no. sat up when i sat up my, i my neck was like tw- like tilted to one side i could and if i tried to move it this way if i tried to move it the other way it would basically force me back And so i was like oh crap ah. and so i went to the to the university like health services and uh a nurse, a nurse saw me and was like, she, like, poked at it with her, like, with her gloved finger <laughs> and was like, yeah, that's a strain. And I was like, yeah, I know. And, <laughs> I, and so she was like, okay, okay. So uh, I was just taking, you know, like, you go to the pharmacy and I'll write you a prescription for this, like, muscle relaxant or something. And, uh, and you should be good. Just take this for like two or three weeks or something. And I was like, okay, okay. And I got, and I had, so I ended up paying full price for the prescription. It was like 40, 50 bucks or whatever. And then I had, and then I got a bill in the mail for like a hundred dollars. And the, all for the nurse, her. yeah. She wasn't even with me for more than five minutes. She just poked at me and told me had a next drain, and I went on our way, and, like, most of it was a labor fee. Oh, my.
0: She got $100 for five minutes? Wow. Their hourly must be insane. <laughs> They're making Jeff Bezos money if you're making 100, 100 bucks. And- yeah, I don't even know
1: if she sees that. Like, that's, that's no, definitely. Probably yeah, no, probably not. Yeah, that's that's some.
0: You uh, know how much, you know, I look, this is not political, and I don't want anybody to be turned off by this, but I am shocked and appalled by how little money, ems makes like emergency medical service people ambulance drivers people who literally go out there rescue people and save lives i was talking to a guy and he's like yeah because i because i asked him i was like oh do you like your job and he's like yeah yeah you know like i just got a raise and i was like oh that's cool and he's like yeah i'm at the 15 per hour right now i was like what dude's been dude's been driving an ambulance and like assisting for about like four years now and he's like yeah i make 15 an hour 15 an hour that's crazy. That is criminal. These people yeah. are literally saving your lives. And so next time, well, I don't know. Can we tip ambulance drivers? Because that is not enough money for how hard their job is. So if you are an EMS or you know somebody who's EMS, we got to do something nice for those people. Because that is that is criminal. I mean, imagine that. If I was getting paid fifteen dollars to save a life, I'd look at my paycheck and be like, uh, "Yeah, this guy's dead." Yeah. <laughs> We're just juggling. He's, he's like, no, no, no! I just broke my finger. I'm like, nope. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Write it off. <laughs> right. You're, like, you're well, like, so how much are you gonna? What What are you gonna do for me? You know, You start like bribing people to try to get extra change. You're like, what are you gonna do for me if I help you out here? <laughs> what, what What are you gonna do
1: for all Vinny to sweeten the pot? <laughs> you're going doing a Brando. You're like scratching your neck. You're like, yeah.
0: you come to me, injured. <laughs> On oh, day of oh, my daughter, I'm playing. supposed to make ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Never once before have you come to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so that, oh, that's God. criminal, and we that EMS should be paid more. For that's sure. bottom line, especially in this economy. And a moment yeah. of silence for anybody. Actually, for a moment of silence for everybody, because
1: yeah, the global for economy.
0: Sure. We're not. Nobody's doing well. Absolutely you could do the, the the every other the crypto haters are being proved right uh, <laughs> crypto <laughs> investors are crap in their pants even if you're just invested in regular stocks it's tough your savings accounts yeah it's tough out there so uh gotta love those nfts Oh my god that that was the one thing I never understood. You know, look and 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 I definitely am um, I'm I'm pro and open to crypto. You know, everybody has got their thoughts about it, but I, I think there's some good in there. But the NFT stuff, absolutely not. I was like, this is legitimately stupid. It's like if I'm going to collect quote unquote art, the fact that. <laughs> It's not a tangible thing, and I'm going to spend $300 on a picture of a freaking monkey that I can just screenshot? Oh, no, 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 but your ownership is verified through the blockchain. No, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Who's going to check it, too, other than the owner of that particular? Oh, guys, guys, guys. I mean, look at this.
0: Look at this. Look at this board ape right here. It's verified on the blockchain. I own this. <laughs> and somebody screenshots it or, like, takes a picture. They're like, okay, I, I still have. Like, if your purpose is to look at the
1: art, it. I don't know. Well, and the most intoxicating thing is the communities that come out of the NFTs. That's that like really makes my head spin is like all the people that are like, we're building this great community. And, you know, I'm so glad that we're along for the ride and we're, we're continuing to be blessed with, you know, the nurturing nature of this company that only makes, (laughs) colorful animal pictures
0: (laughs) what is it that you think you do how are you helping society they're like listen this is a revolution what we're doing here today i mean this picture of a lion with red eyes i mean this this is what the future looks like (laughs) and here we go my friend's got a lion with red eyes but he's got a blue background i mean that's the rarity you know this is only one of three thousand guys i mean come on you can't get this anywhere else and it only costs eight hundred dollars <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so if you or a loved one owns NFTs, I'm sorry. Okay, let's let's talk about sports. We got a lot to talk about. All right, we do. Let's jump right in. So the first things that I feel is that we should talk about are a few game sevens. Now, before we talk about the Celtics, because we have some other things to talk about with the Celtics, let's talk about the Suns. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um. <laughs> In an elimination game, the Mavs push it in game game six. The Mavs are dominant, right? They push it to game seven. You can chalk it up to the Mavs stadium is very lively. Like, it's getting on par with TD Garden. Like, that is a hard place to win. Those fans are so passionate about their franchise. You know, they got home court advantage. You know, some of the calls will go their way. But the Mavs played a pretty strong game six, I would say. And the Suns were lacking a lot of stuff. However... The Suns being a sixty-four win team, I mean, they show up to their home court, and you are like, they're in the valley. I almost bought Trey. I almost bought tickets to that game. Really? They're like two like hundred bucks, one hundred eighty bucks for nosebleeds. I was like, you know, this is a playoff game. This is Game Seven. I was trying to convince a roommate to go. So, you know, I wasn't by myself, and I was like, let's let's just let's just bite the bullet. Let's just go to the game. Ultimately, didn't end up doing it. And boy, I'm sure glad that I didn't, because the Suns from start to finish got their cheeks absolutely clapped. By the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the Suns. Luka Doncic at half had more points. Had the same amount of points as the entire Suns team. Halftime crazy. score was fifty-four to twenty-seven. You scored less than thirty in 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 in
1: twenty-four minutes of play. It was crazy, and Dallas held them to twenty-four percent shooting in the first half too. 24% On the field, twenty-four percent. That is insane. Yeah. You make one for five. And uh, Booker, Aiton, and Paul were one for 15 in the first half, which is a recipe for disaster. That's something that's really tough to come back from if, you're, if your best players are shooting that horribly. Because well, they doubled Booker. They doubled Booker, and it was the
0: most effective thing I've seen since sliced bread. I mean, the guy, he has one of the lowest for like, you know, quote, unquote, among stars, quote, unquote, among stars. He has one of the lowest double team conversion percentages. So when he gets doubled, he just like either will lose the ball, have to just pass it out to a not like a non-factor play or just like, you know, not score. Like very rarely does he make something out of a double team. Uh, and that's what the mass did. Jason Kidd. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. We didn't honor him as that great of a coach but the adjustments that he was able to make in these playoffs and in this series and to take this Mavs team as far as he has color
1: me impressed Trey. I will give him some credit. Yeah. He's made some really big adjustments and he's, he's made it so that the, the opposing team kind of is hurt, is hurt more than they would be by their flaws. Like when we talked about the Utah series, like, Utah's a really good defensive team and a Go Bear is a major part of that. But they targeted him in the only way that basically renders him ineffective defensively. And they just kept doing that. And when it like they they obviously they lost a couple of games, but then the games they won, like they didn't they didn't like travel what, is, what am I trying to say? They didn't go away from that plan. They knew that if they stuck with keep bringing Gobert out try to bring him out to the the three-point line and they stuck with it Dallas would make their shots and Utah just couldn't come back from it and they yeah. they knew that they knew that with the Sun series if they doubled Booker that he and would play Chris Paul hard yeah played Chris Paul hard right then it would then it would uh it would trickle down and yeah they're gonna make they're gonna get their points but when the game is, you know, when the games are tight, like it would be to their benefit to continue doing that. They didn't stray away from anything because maybe it didn't work for a period of time. They kept doing it, and that's something that uh, I commend Jason Kidd for. Obviously, you know, we've talked about him, especially when they were uh, you're fired Celtics, <laughs> and when they were and when the Celtics were considering new head coaching options and Jason Kidd. Shreyas literally came up. said and I quote, "Oh god,
0: please not kid."
1: <laughs> well, if you look at the fair. track record, it's, if you look, look at, at his track, track record record, in his yeah. tenure,
0: that th- I agree with that. There's he's, no reason
1: He was mediocre at best in all of the stops that he had made as a head
0: coach. And
1: I don't think he would have fit with Boston's culture. I think he's a good
0: I think he's a good spot in Dallas. And mm-hmm. I think they're kind of trying to trying to find their identity and find their own culture. And I think they're having success in that. I mean, they they made it to the Eastern Conference Final. But just, I mean, straight, you know, you think about it as a Suns fan, you know, as, as the Suns being my second team because of where I live, mm-hmm. it's that kind of loss is one of the most devastating. I mean, that I mean, it happened before we saw the Mavs dominate the Suns. We've seen the Suns get blown out and you just chalk it up. You're like, OK, it's a bad night in an elimination game, a game seven where everything is on the line and that happens and you just get absolutely just mauled from start to finish. I mean, everything was going their way. The Suns just had frustration fouls. I mean, there was nothing that they could do. I Luca got everywhere he wanted to be. His role players were going crazy. Spencer Dinwiddie had 20 something and the guy had really been a a, a minor factor throughout the rest of the series. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, Davis Bertans was getting time and hitting shots. I mean, that that is truly, truly embarrassing to and have your season go out like that.
1: Max, the two people that you mentioned or the two people that they traded for in the Porzingis trade, showing how effective that trade really was in the grand scheme of things, that they went away from the skilled big man, right? The Porzingis. The skilled, off-injured big man. And yes. they... they Went in a direction that was more guard dominant, and that they wanted to play smaller. And how that really changed their season, because they were yeah. able to play multiple guards. Luca, when Luca went out, they had guards that they could trust in Brunson and Dinwiddie. They got another shooting big, right? They where he's not really a big, but he's like that forward. He's like he's a big forward in Burton's. And they utilized him more than he was being utilized in Washington. And to have him along with Kleba and just playing small relatively, Finney Smith. They're able to be quicker up and down the floor. They have versatile wings that, that can defend many positions. And they had they they ran into some matchups that they could exploit in the playoffs. And it was because of the team that they had constructed after the trade deadline. So it's yeah, props right. to the, to yeah. the management of the, the, uh, the maths too, to making those decisions and tough decisions. Cause a lot of a people would say decision. you build
0: around, but sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to take your quote unquote, second star, ship them off, blow it up. You know, if you're the Lakers get what value you can for, for AD or, or LeBron. If I'm a, if I'm a franchise owner, cause they're not well, bringing no, If they're, they're, they're not, they're not, no, I'm sorry. If you had this team that they had, and then you guys ended up being one of the worst teams bar none with all that quote unquote talent. And again, AD is an oft hurt, but talented big man. You could get a package for him. You could get a package deal. And if you want to keep LeBron, that's fine. Right. But everybody's, you know, the speculation's already be good. Where's LeBron going? If I'm the Lakers, I'm doing the same thing.
1: I think the rapport that LeBron has with the Lakers is pretty good. I don't think there's any reason for him to leave. I think, though, at least at this point, you never know when, uh, when Ronnie comes into the league. What, what's going to happen? That's another his...
0: year, right? It's one more year.
1: I think it's a couple years down the line. Oh, yeah. Come on, gonna...
0: on! I just want this guy to retire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the West is the West is reeling right now. No, but um. With AD, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a larger sum than Dallas would with Porzingis, considering Porzingis is he's he's an okay defensive player, but Anthony Davis is a way better defensive player um, when healthy, and it's just it, it I think I think you can get more for that talent. I feel like. The Lakers should hold out for something if they were to get you know a good package for him, considering how much they gave up for him too. Remember, they basically just mortgaged the future to get Anthony Davis. Right, they gave up so many picks, and um, basically made New Orleans <laughs> a playoff team single handedly with that trade. Um, oh. I the the way you have to go is looking at those ancillary pieces and one thing Polinka didn't do well with that team is getting the players around LeBron and AD that could be called upon when they were off the court or injured.
0: Well, he did, well, he, d- he did that their championship year.
1: Yeah, but that's but what that was he it. D-
0: but that was it. And that was the issue with the Lakers is that you have these people in their, your turnover rate. If, if, if the Lakers were a job, your retention rate's terrible. Nobody, and it's weird for you to like want to work there because you know you're going to get fired or shipped off within like a year.
1: Yeah. But then bringing it back to the maths, they did the opposite and they found ancillary pieces that feel, fit well with what they planned on doing and how they wanted to play. Yeah. And w- when you are able to go into a direction like that and fitting people around the style you want to play, fitting people around your star player like that, it, it just does wonders to his his confidence and Luca's confidence and then the team's confidence overall in that they all have a role, they all get minutes and they're all able to perform regardless of their opponent right now. I think they, they're they versatile enough with how they play. The only thing that's an issue and we're seeing that and we'll talk more about this uh, in their Western Conference Final Series is... When they don't shoot well, they they're they're pretty much toast. They're just they they when their field goal percentage is low, right? When they're not on it, when Luca's not shooting well, if Brunson's missing shots and Dinwiddie's missing shots, they can't. They don't have that inside presence to to go to and get easy buckets.
0: Yeah. They yeah, depend I, a lot on I, I can, difficult I can shots. Agree with that. Well, yeah, yeah. And no, and and that's fine. But we've also seen the maps have great shooting games where the guy they, they'll shoot like fifty percent from three, you know. There there are those games and they have those role players. And yeah, you know, that's the thing that I'm learning is that like a lot of these great teams will have bad nights. And I don't put as much uh uh weight, I don't I don't give as much weight to those bad nights and those bad losses because a lot of them you could just chalk it up. You'd be like something was off, couldn't find your rhythm. Lost the game. That was that. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I've been saying with the Celtics. With that series against the Bucks, which we ultimately took. I, we haven't talked about it yet, but we ultimately took. And the other... So, I mean, the, the funerals that we're talking about is is the Suns. And I want to talk about kind of where they're going, but we'll get to that in a sec. Um, and the Bucks as well. You know, with the Celtics, I, I'm chalking it up. Like, like, they will have bad nights. Jason Tatum has some god-awful nights. He has some nights where... And this is, this is last night too. Like He just cannot play. And frankly, I think that he should get benched for just some of the decisions that he makes and the turnovers that he's possibly But that's okay because you see these guys are professionals and they can come back. So, you know, for the Mavs having a bad game, that's fine. It happens. The Suns had, a bad, had bad games. I'm like, okay, that happens because they will balance that out with good ones. It's just the timing.
1: Yeah, the game seven is when you're basically not supposed to have a bad game you can right like you've seen games where in a game 7 like obviously if you're not on your best you're at a disadvantage but people have you pl- like you could play relatively you could play okay and still win games depending on how well you uh, how well of defense you play but the suns when they got down early it just felt Stopped like they quit defense. yeah it just felt quit. like they quit that they starts at the wanted- head that starts at yeah. the head with Booker and Paul just not just being lazy down the court, lazy and, with the ball. And why didn't Monty Williams make adjustments either for a yeah, coach of the year early,
0: gr- a great coach. He didn't he didn't make him early. He tried to con- stick with his game plan. And this is two. It's right. Like you've played six games against the Mavs. You can see what they're adjusting to do, right? Doubling Booker. Find a way to get out of that. Have him work off ball. Have him work off ball. I mean that that is a simple adjustment, right? If they're doubling him when he's a primary ball handler, have him go off ball. I mean he's got the skills to do that. You got to have him start running, you know, Steph Curry routes. And if they're going to double Chris Paul, well then that's a mistake because Chris Paul mm-hmm. can actually beat those double teams. Yeah, that's what you want. I don't want Booker trying to iso everything and trying to beat the double teams on his own. And 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 same thing is like you. Well, the other big thing with the Suns game, though, is that there is a lot of stuff surrounding DeAndre Ayton. I think he's made it clear that he does not want to be there, that he wants to play for somebody else. There's rumors going about. He, apparently, he got into it with Monty Williams. Uh, you know, well, Lil, 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 Lil Wayne heard
1: something. Well, let's let's talk about it, Max, with the Suns season and where, where they go from here. Ayton is a restricted free agent, right? So the Suns have rights on him, and they're able to offer him that first contract, and they have the ability to offer him the max contract extension this offseason. Do you give Ayton a max contract extension?
0: Without a doubt, I would if I was the Suns, right? Let, let's say chemistry issues aside, and let's just say hypothetically, I'm giving this guy the max. I mean, he is a skilled big man who is evolving with today's game. I mean, he can hit the three. He can take those post up jumpers. Like he can pick and pop as well as he can pick and roll. He's a vertical threat. He's getting a lot better on defense, and he's got the skills to pay the bills around the rim. Truly, I think that he is. You know, I think that he, his ceiling is still pretty high. The dude's wicked. What was he? Twenty three. His ceiling. His ceiling is still there. Like he has the potential. And yeah, I would sign him if there are issues that are deep enough. Sign and trade is most likely the option, but I would not want to see DeAndre Aiton go if I was the Suns franchise.
1: Really? He yeah, makes I up that big three. He can definitely uh, improve his game, but he's been improving year after year. You can see he can be called upon in big spots. He does um, have games where you're like, where was DeAndre Aiton today? He, it feels like, you know, from a, defensive standpoint he's not there yet um no he's not, but i wouldn't he's say really that he's that that negative
0: but he's no. not like he's not detracting like he's not like making like crucial mistakes that are causing no, no. teams to no. lose
1: he just he just kind of i feel like sometimes he hides a little bit and yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't you know what i mean he's kind of in the background when you feel like you know if once he's a max contract player if he gets that contract he can't do that anymore, right? He's still on the, he's still been on the rookie deal. He's not
0: Michael Porter Jr. Christ.
1: Yeah. So once you get that contract, you can't hide anymore. You can, you're in the limelight, whether you like it or not. So that's something he's going to have to work on is that consistency, both offensively and defensively to become a two-way center and to become that forward that, you know, can continue to, to, to expand his range kind of more in the mid range He's been able to hit more of those this year and in the playoffs and what it, it proved vital, but he can't, you know what I mean? He's got to be able to kind of expand his arsenal and not be a, a a more one-dimensional paint player. So, yes,
0: but I think that I think, Trey, that he has the potential to do it. I mean, you see his athleticism, his length, um, his IQ is improving he definitely has the ability to add stuff to his game. Meanwhile, you know, we've talked about other big men who are one-dimensional, and that's all they are. Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I don't see that guy developing a jump shot anytime soon. I mean, if he goes crazy this offseason, it's possible. But it'll take a while. It'll take an offseason and some of the regular season for that to become consistent in-game. I think he could do it for sure. Mm-hmm. But he is that one-dimensional guy. Aiton is not. He already, again, if you see him shooting jumpers confidently in-game, and making them, yeah, yeah. and it, I mean his footwork in the post is great. It's great. He's a, he's a he's a big guy who I watch if I'm trying to learn some post moves. I it, really. And so, if you're the Suns, and let's just say you know, because this this is our kind of in memoriam. This is our this is our kind of retrospective in future. The Suns had a great season, but I think they lost the playoffs when they were playing the Pelicans. You let the Pelicans in. In, in credit to them because they hustled out, they they out hustled the Suns. That right there is where you lost. Suns should have beat the Pelicans in four, five, five at the most. But the fact that they got taken to six with these guys who, if you look at if you look at the rosters and the IQ and the skill sets, Suns should have beaten them no problem. Yeah, so when you're loss.
1: struggling... It's a loss of focus, really, Max. It's a loss of
0: focus. And, and it's also, I think, a little bit of arrogance. It's like, oh, we won 64 games and we can just skate through these. No, mm-hmm. it's the playoffs. Everybody wants it. So for you to take a back seat mentally... That's when you lose. And then we saw that against the Mavs. It just, you took a backseat mentally. You're like, oh, we're up 2-0. <sighs> Same thing as last year. Like, oh, we're up 2-0. Now I can't relax. No. You can't yeah. relax until you until you
1: win four games. Period. Right. Do so you have, if you're the son. Well, I what? was going to say, Max, do you have questions about Chris Paul going into next year?
0: Uh, no. I think he'll play one more. Well, not even just
1: more. about uh, – physically playing more about how he how he's playing do you feel like oh how he's like a a, a a matchstick
0: and so he he burns bright for the you know first two games of the playoffs and then fizzles out he did the same thing last year he just did it two two rounds later he did that in the finals that's exactly mm. what happened I mean, Chris paul was uh revolutionary he was the point god that everybody looks to him, at him to be in the first two games against milwaukee they took the first two games at home and then you let the Bucks win 4-0 and then you can see Chris Paul his shooting percentages went down his assist numbers went down and his actual total points went down I mean that's disappointing at best we know that he's not great on defense so he has to make up for it with his IQ and his presence I mean he's one of the smartest guys to play basketball period yeah but but for him to just I don't know get tired or burnt out or whatever it is we saw the same thing this year and that's exactly what it was and yeah I'm concerned about that level of play regular season's great and when he i don't think when he doesn't feel the pressure as much he plays better because he doesn't care but you can see time and time again now when he gets to the playoffs and he starts to feel that squeeze he doesn't rise to the occasion he just kind of crumbles under it and that is concerning
1: yeah we've seen him like have some historic performances this year right yeah when he when he went what was it 14 for 14? 14, 14 for 14 is a perfect game. Yeah, so we know he can take over games, but the one thing we've known Chris Ball to do over his career consistently is take not having to do that every game, but taking over in other ways. Right? His passing, his ability to make, you know, quick plays, you know, change the pace of the game, understand d- what defenses are playing against him. It just felt like, you know, it starts with him in that lack of focus from this year, how the season ended. In that if he's gonna be mentally their captain, he they he can't he can't play in the way that he played in this Mav series, where he's not being aggressive when he needs to, and he's not and he's also not being, you know, the great facilitator that he should be as well. So when he's kind of playing middling at all in all aspects, the Suns don't the Suns are really put at a disadvantage when they call upon him in big moments to make the key three, you know, to go on an eight o run by himself, right? Like if Booker's not going, they expect Paul to do that. And so if both of them aren't doing anything, it's going to be it's it's difficult to win even for a sixty four win team.
0: Well, right, and, and exactly like you said, Dre, it's it's he is called upon at certain moments to go off, and you can see it. Right in those lower pressure games, you can see Chris Paul change. He's like, "All right, it's time for me to start scoring." Guy just mm. gets to his spots, starts shooting up great shots. They all go in. That's fine. Yeah, it 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 begs the question: Where does that go again? When he starts to feel the fire and he starts to sweat a little bit, he just he like turns on a fan and gets on the boat to Cancun. Like he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> stay in the kitchen. <laughs> no, and that's what's concerning. So let's say Chris yeah. Paul plays, DeAndre Ayton leaves, Suns are at mm, they're they're looking like a six through eight seed.
1: I'd say i say they could still be a fifty win team, but they're not going to be sixty four.
0: Nah, fi- yeah, they could be, but if our if your role players continue to play like garbage,
1: mm-hmm. that's a big thing too. They that was no a huge thing they had no one step up. The only person that's like, even I can't even say Cam Johnson stepped up because it, really no one consistently stepped up off the bench. No, when, he,
0: Cam, Cam Johnson's defense was, was really bad, was really bad. Like he needed to hustle way more than he did campaign. I mean, if this was yeah, a guy, he, who man, was,
1: he, he, man he was like he was where your sixth
0: he? man last year like he was he was carrying he was that quick lou williams scoring right again smaller guy not the best on defense but he was a hustler and he provided that heart i mean he provided that swagger off the bench just go out there and hit a, hit a weird looking three you know where he's his feet are like <laughs> three feet apart and he's got his <laughs> arm way out here and he just does that that's fine i don't care how you shoot you made your shots this year guy couldn't hit the broad side of a bar terrible Especially in the playoffs, the fact that he fell out of the rotation is deplorable. Jay Crowder, oh my
1: god, man,
0: he, oh my he had a brutal god, offensive. He
1: had a bru- he had one he had one good game, right? He where he hit like four or five threes, yeah, and then that's the rest it. of brutal offensively, and really was a factor in a lot of missed missed opportunities and missed possessions for the Suns throughout the series. Was how he honestly
0: no throughout the playoffs. Stray, he 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 was. There was a lot of mistakes that he made in the Pelican series too. I mean, between getting into foul trouble, between terrible shots and shot decisions, and you know, it well and an inability to like put the ball on the floor and get to the rack too when needed. Like he had some plays right. I'll give him credit. He's a professional. He's been doing this a long time. He had some right. plays. But overall, his performance was disappointing at best. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want from your role players. And then you start to go down the line. You're like, oh, we brought in Aaron Holiday. What is he doing? Nothing. He didn't even get minutes. You look yeah. at JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee was trying, but there's only yeah. so much that he can do. I'll give JaVale McGee credit. He was definitely trying. Like He he brought that fire, brought that emphaticness. Infat- Again, Cam Johnson disappeared when we needed him.
1: Um they didn't use Alfred Payton, like their, their their guard depth was basically ineffective when for uh throughout the year, Cameron Payne was a revelation, especially when Chris Paul went out. Cameron Payne basically became Chris Paul two point when, when Paul when Paul was injured and put up some really gaudy stat li- stat lines uh in the period. You know, he was had he had like you know, 17, 12, 20 point games, you know, he was really facilitating really well. And then for that role to really diminish in the playoffs, when he's a key piece coming in, right. He's playing 25 minutes plus he's playing with Paul in some sets. And because just his ability to, to attack the rack and also shoot the ball too, when he's not being utilized in that way, like that's a huge detriment. it changes how they play the game. It makes it more stressful for Chris Paul and Devin Booker when those guys aren't playing the same way that they did during the regular season. It's like a dress rehearsal, and then when you're ready for the big show. When you're on
0: stage, yeah, you you just forget all your lines. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. I, I, just, I took a quick peek at the Suns roster. Uh, bridges offensively defensively he was there most of the time offensively huh you know it's all these guys who there's two parts to their game there's two things that you need it it, it just one half like disappeared and then the the other biggest thing is that these guys all have the skills and that's fine if you're not hitting shots but you have to hustle Mm -hmm. and you have to try and and if you don't want it or you're not bought into the system or you check out whatever it is you know, I Landry Shamit wasn't shooting well. Bismack Biombo. Again, that was a trade that was done in season.
1: What did he add? I and mean, I know some, that he was he had some good games in the regular season too. He had uh he had taken the backup role from JaVale McGee because of how he was playing. And he even started some games when Ayton was out. Like a lot of these guys stepped up during the regular season. All these guys had moments during the regular season where you thought, "Oh, going into the playoffs, this is a pivotal piece for them." But those same role players uh just didn't do the same, didn't have the same role or just didn't play well, right? Cam Johnson was shooting lights out from 3.
0: He won he had game winners. Yeah.
1: He had a game winner, he had a he had you know 30-point game in that same game. Like he was taking he could take over games with how he shot the ball this year. And it just felt like that—that that player, those players, didn't show up. And then when they don't show up, and then when Paul doesn't show up, and then when Booker gets double teamed and he he can't show up, he can't pull through. Like that's when you lose that game seven by forty. <laughs> you know what I mean? So
0: yeah, and then you in the middle of the season you traded for Tory Craig, you traded Jalen Smith out. You're like, okay, we we don't want to him be a protege under and we're going to get tory craig back. guy didn't do anything. I don't know. I yeah, feel like the suns are, the suns are the my preemptive opinion is that the suns are in trouble if they if they fail this off season. You're in trouble and now you go back to mediocrity or even being bad. And it the, sucks because you were in the finals.
1: The Aiden decision is going to be massive. It's going to change depending on how they play it and depending on how Aiton actually feels. It's going to be a massive decision uh, that could change the course of their their franchise if he doesn't really step up or they have to let him go for you know some other reason or trade him for some other reason so that's yeah. going to be a massive uh you know microscope on them for the offseason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's quickly talk um let's talk about the Bucks too. You know, your season was ended in 7 games to the Celtics. The Bucks as much as I hate the franchise, valiant effort. Mm-hmm. Valiant effort and Bucks fans, I will give you guys credit. Uh, it's when you have a team that is not specialized for three point shooting, uh, and you lose one of your key guys, but you still take the Celtics, who will, were uh, they're a good team, they're a good comprehensive team. And I, I thought the Bucks were going to win at certain points, but the game five choke, you know, Bucks are up three two. I mean, that's huge. Uh, the Bucks definitely fought. Giannis, prolific, prolific. The guy's still series. Did exactly what he wanted to do. He got what he wanted to do. Again, I think a little easier on the elbows, but, uh, man, he is just tough. He is a tough cookie. He is a great defender. He is a great, great competitor. He's great offensively. You know, I, I, I just – he really put the team on his back. The guy needs some Icy Hot because he put the team on his back.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, well, just, we talk it, about that game seven, Max, Um I really that was a spectacular game defensively on Giannis. I know he had uh a twenty twenty game, right? Like or it was like close to that. But how they played him in the second half was was really spectacular. They basically forced him to make try to make those tough fadeaways, those tough hooks from the jumper, uh those jumpers um in the deep paint and then he didn't have the confidence, and you saw in that second half after he was missing those shots, he was getting to the rim and he was missing easy bunny layups, and they were just rimming out. And then that just all oh, – I felt like it all compiled, and then the, the pressure surmounted, and the Celtics, you know, when you go back on the other end and they make a three, right? Yeah. And your yeah. team is shooting four for 33 from three in the game That's seven. That's really bad. Really bad. Shot The Celtics shot a game seven high. I don't think I think We I think shot for, 50, 50 90. Yeah, they shot 22 threes. They made 22 threes in game seven. So like that that in of itself was the game, was the three point shooting disparity. It's tough. It's tough when, when your best your second best player is out and he's basically like people kinda of, like they can knock on Chris Middleton anything or you know, somewhere or the other, like, you know. But he has a clutch factor to him. And he's able to steady the offense. And when you need a bucket, he more or less gives you that bucket, right? When you're down four, you need a bucket to stay in the game. He gives you two. And now you're down two. And now now you're looking at things a little differently. They just didn't have that guy this, um, this year. Pat Connaughton in the series was probably their most effective shooter, I would say. But other than him and other than like he was you know he was taking it to the rack he was shooting his threes when he needed it to i felt he was their more effective most effective player uh role player at least but they didn't really have like bobby portis was all right but he would come in for spurts and i feel like they didn't utilize him properly boonholzer you know didn't start him in some games
0: he's a three he's a three guy he needed more opportunities on on the on the perimeter, I think. It's and, and that's the thing yeah. that throws you off, right? Cuz he's such a big dude. Budenholzer put him down in the paint trying to bang out. He's not a great post player.
1: He's he can big shoot enough. over the top. He can shoot over oh, no. the top. Oh yeah.
0: yeah yeah yeah. No no no. But but you know what I mean like he doesn't have like that that bag of tricks yeah, like a yeah, DeAndre Ayton, you know where he uh-huh. can again uh drop step, fake, turn around, put it up. He can shoot over the top and that's great, but he's a he's a three-point shooter or a mid-range pull-up guy. Like his jump shot has gotten real nice, and that's where he can earn his bread and butter. And defensively he's there, you know? Yeah. But he also Bobby plays with a lot of heart. So I'll give Bobby credit. Like you said, Pat Connaughton was eating us alive. Um <laughs> George Hill. Don't know why he was there. Uh he 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 just kind of showed up. Uh but Drew Holiday, you know, the the Bucks, like I said, had a had a really, really good team. I'm so happy that the Celtics beat them. Holy crap. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled. Celtics may not beat the Heat, really. The Heat seem like they want it more. And, you know, if Jason Tatum is going to continue to just have bad nights, just, just god-awful nights, uh, you know, it's what can you do? The guy's got to stop, stop complaining to the refs. Stop trying to play for these freaking foul calls. Dude, just play the game. Because you see when the Celtics just play and don't whine, we play so much better. But when we sit there and we're like, oh, this should have gone my way. No,
1: we lose because you lose focus and you're like, this isn't fair because the ref isn't calling it. No. When we talk about that game seven, how they played overall, right? Like, yeah, there were moments like that. And there is moments when you're trying to get the call and it didn't go your way and you're. And you got that—you got that old Celtic mentality. But it felt like they were able to bounce back at all times. That's what happened in games. That's what happened in uh, after Game Five, Game Six, and Seven. They didn't kind of, you know, feel sorry for themselves or, you know, oh, you know, woe is me. We put ourselves in this position. They came out and they took it. They took both games handedly, and their role players really played phenomenally. Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. Uh, really came so Al, out clutch, Al Al Goatford. Yeah, Al, Al Goatford,
0: man, Al, Al Goatford. My <laughs> God, he's awesome. He's awesome. Oh my God, I can't say enough good things about Al Goatford. I don't care, even when he's having bad games, he's awesome because defensively he is yeah. a rock, and I think mentally he keeps the team in it. I mean, yeah. even you saw, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second. You know, but but we saw in Game Three versus Miami, it was a blowout for for the Heat, right? Yeah. They were able to come back. Al Horford never stopped playing defense the entire time. I mean, I love that. I love it. And he was he was huge. Grant Williams, you know, when he finally decided to take his shots, the guy was our the guy, wasn't he like he was one of our top scorers in game seven?
1: Yeah, he had uh twenty seven. He had twenty seven, he had seven threes. Um, and he and if you remember the beginning of that game seven, he did not shoot well. He was not, he, he was like one for three. He was kind of missing some open threes and you thought, oh man. And cause he had had a couple of bad games throughout the Milwaukee series where he just, you know, he's playing a lot of minutes, for Three and five points. Yeah. yeah so w- it was great that he, even though that his confidence was down, he was able to flip a switch. And once he got that first one after that little stretch to go, he just did not look back and, that's something we continue to need um max is kind of moving into the bucks outlook yeah yeah right um looking at their free agents it looks like most of their core is going to be coming back the only people that are unrestricted are Ibaka. i don't think they'll bring him back wesley yeah. matthews he was on the team yeah they, they actually traded for him or they had they i forgot who was in that trade, but they got oh, him in trade. It's
0: time to just focus on your cooking show.
1: <laughs> I love Mafuzi <my> Chef. <laughs> I love
0: Mafuzi like... Chef. And I like I like Ibaka a lot, but I, I he went to the G League after his injury and
1: I yeah, mean that was it. I don't player, think
0: right. I don't think he ever got his step back. That stinks. I, yeah. I really like him as a player.
1: He was yeah man in his prime Ibaka, man. That was a time.
0: Surge Iblaka. He was a critical part of that twenty nineteen Toronto championship run. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, on OKC. I mean, that that guy is a dog. Yeah,
1: um, Wes Matthews is an unrestricted free agent. I, I I liked his role as like a versatile wing. He he shoots the corner three when needed, but um, uh, does he? Yeah, he's he made some critical shots. Um, yeah, he did. He actually in the, in
0: game in that game five comeback.
1: Yeah, yeah, he made it. He made a clutch three. Um, he doesn't shoot a lot, but his defense uh is. Is his intensity is, like, something you'd want. I don't know if they bring him back. but That's true. He was locking up Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. And Portis and Connaughton, they have some small player options. 4.6 for Portis and 5.7 for Connaughton. Is there an opportunity for them to get more money? And if so, will Milwaukee be the one to give it to them? Will another team see how well they've played and and, uh, pay them more? It's... It's interesting. If I'm other teams, if I'm other GMs
0: and those guys are, are possibly available, definitely, definitely two players that I'm going after.
1: Those are guys that are definitely, they have to decline those player options, 4.6 and 5.7. And this could, in this age in this economy, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way you pick that up, right? Like, and those are two key pieces for how they play.
0: Unless so, they feel extreme loyalty to that franchise, which maybe they could, uh, yeah, no, sure. They can they can definitely get more elsewhere. For sure, for sure. I mean these these guys they, those guys would be a possible. You know, I mean they're role players that are good enough to where Connaughton could get anywhere from eight to fifteen, depending on what team he's on. Bobby Portis could get around the same per year. You know, for like a three to four year deal.
1: Oh, Connaughton could get the the Vadova deal easy. Yeah, was well, it like four for forty or something like that? Yeah, or he could get that easy. Like yeah. so is it Milwaukee giving it giving up to them uh or is it Milwaukee another team could. that's left to be said Milwaukee Milwaukee could hand over the bag yeah for sure
0: i i mean if i if i was if i was Milwaukee i was the gms i w- i would say that these guys were a critical part i mean Connaughton tore the celtics apart the guy whenever he wanted to get into the lane like he had some great drives yeah. great finishes i was like i was scared of him when yeah, i was scared of some of the other players i was like oh too. my god we, we don't have an answer for him he kept doing whatever he wanted the guy's got heart. He's from Massachusetts, from Arlington. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, you got to love it. In in so for the Bucks outlook, I say if you retain those players, I uh, I don't think the Bucks are in trouble. The Bucks are still going to be at the top of the East. As long as yeah. you got Giannis and a healthy Middleton, don't think Middleton's an all-star. I'll say that. But you're still a solid team. What I would add is I would fire coach Bud, get a coach that's actually focused on uh <laughs> establishing your perimeter game because that's mm. what you need around Giannis, right? You need to maintain that threat. And when you're a team that just like doesn't take and then gives up threes, like if you're a true paint team, well, we saw that weakness here. Yeah, it's a good thing and it's possible, but were the Bucs going to beat the Heat?
1: No. no, 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 not at all. Not the we way mean. the Heat are playing right now. Are you kidding, man? And the Celtics, the Celtics may not beat the Heat.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk, I let's talk about in, that, Max. Whew,
1: okay, but, but anyway, so, 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 so final yeah, thoughts yeah.
0: on the Bucks. Bucks are Bucks are in a fine spot. Uh, I'm not worried about the Bucks really. They're again going to be top of the East. Really, whatever they do, uh, they've got the talent that they'll be fine.
1: Yeah,
0: Heat, the Miami Heat. Yeah, let's talk you, about that. What are um, you feeling
1: so far? If, uh, games one through three have have happened. We're halfway through the series. Heat are up two one at the at this point. Uh.
0: Celtics what your do thoughts? not have home court advantage because the Miami Heat were number one.
1: Right. So, yeah. what are your thoughts about uh, kind of how those first? We'll talk about Game Three because I think that's the biggest game so far. Is how both teams played in Game Three. What are your thoughts so, on Game One and Two quickly? Well,
0: quickly, Game One and Two. Game One,
1: learning game. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally fine with me. We got we got killed and that's fine. Um, we we you know the third quarter was oh late in absolute egg. Laid an absolute egg. Right. First half, we're up. We're up in the first half. Then we laid an egg. Um, That's a learning game. The game's not over in the half, guys. I just want you to know that, right? Like, there's still 24 minutes that have to be played. Right. And, uh, yeah, really, really bad. No adjustments. Tatum and Brown just decided they're like, yeah, we're just going to stop. That's fine. It's a learning game because we played a very different Milwaukee team. It's adjustments. Game two, great. We, we killed them from start to finish, right? In their home court, Celtics responded. And I think the Celtics are doing a really good job of responding. Yeah. The thing is, though, is when you have a chance to take the lead, a lead that we need, I have a need for a lead and some need uh-huh. And speed. Um, Celtics just don't play the same. So game two was great. But game three,
1: you go down 26. Now, I didn't doubt. I was like, oh, Celtics can still come back. Well, can I talk about game two for a second? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have Smart or Horford in game one. They come back in game two, and they were the reasons why we won that game so handedly is because without a doubt. Of how Smart played, right? He he didn't shoot the he didn't shoot the greatest. But in that second half, he was he turned it on. Um I saw a stat that he the Heat were three for eleven with two turnovers when Smart was the primary defender in that game two. Horford came back. He didn't shoot a lot either, but he played great defense on Bam, right? Basically neutralized him for the first two games.
0: Basically neutralized him. Yeah. But that
1: all changed in game three, Max.
0: Yeah, it did. When Bam Bam decides to drop oh, a 30 my piece. God. Um and Jimmy was Butler was a non factor, right? Let's take Jimmy Butler injury in the in the second half. Let's take that out. First half, we he only had like six points. Yeah. That was great. You adjusted for Jimmy. That's great. You were adjusting for everybody else. I think we did a good job of containing hero PJ Tucker. We let him shoot, which I didn't think was a great
1: call. Uh, but then bam is bam and Struz to me. Those are the key oh, guys. Spruce offensively. hit some wild, wild threes. He, and I was like, it, this guy. And it was, and if you saw it, his clutch 3s were all basically off the same play, right? Where he starts in the corner. They run uh, an off ball screen for him. And he curls towards the middle and he just picks right. and pops. So, but the fact, I mean, if you watched him stop, high he got
0: up. Well, straight if you, I, I was like, that shot's not going in because he was well defended and he was so high up and the shot was so quick. Like it was literally yeah, like lightning from catch to shot and just bang, drained. He has practiced that shot and he was really, really effective.
1: He's been effective all postseason, to be honest, and he's really stepped up he's when they didn't player. have Kyle Lowry, him and Gabe Vincent. And we
0: cut him, and we cut him.
1: We did, we did. It feels like a lot of it feels like you know another player where we had him for a second and then. Uh, but dude, we and, got Sam Hauser, and Nick Stauskas. Nick Stauskas oh to God. hit the to hit the garbage time threes, dude. Um oh. but kind of ridiculous. This this game three max to me. <clears throat> started and ended with how lazy we were with the ball oh and my god 26 turnovers was it 26 crap it was insane the disparity on turnovers especially i think, I think it was chemo. 20 i think it was 26 it might have been I, more actually because that was that
0: was with like three minutes to go in the fourth i saw the stat pop up
1: Yeah, I, I have 24 to 9 and i have that the heat oh it might have been 24 yeah I have that the Heat got 33 points on – Off of turnovers. T- off of turnovers. That's, a game,
0: that's the game right there. That is the lead that, 30, you, that you guys let the Heat get. Ridiculous. And the fact – but okay, oh. Shrey, I got to give commendation because I kept saying – I was like there's something about this game. Is When I started to watch the Celtics actually try, Yeah, we're, we're such a good team that it's ridiculous and that we should be up 3-0. It's the lack of effort, and it's the lack of heart. And it's, again, like the Suns, the mental lapsing. Like, we can't assume we need to kill the Heat just as much as we wanted to kill the Bucks. Mm-hmm. The Heat are nice guys. The Heat are talented players. And I feel a little bit apathetic because I'm like, well, you know, if the Heat win, I'm not really mad about it because I like their team. They're a good team. They got a lot yeah. of great guys on that team. I love Jimmy Butler. He's that guy. Bam's yeah. a great big man. He's that guy. I love P.J. Tucker's heart. Tyler yeah. Hero, my God, Jack Hollow singing about him. The Heat... <laughs> The Heat are a good team, man. They're a good team and they got a lot of likable guys. You know, they're living that Miami South Beach life. You know, they're 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 acting like studs. You know, they got this fun, like, party image. I love it. I love it. It's very different from Boston, but it's the playoffs, man. We have a chance to go to the finals. God damn it. Right? We have a chance to go to the
1: finals. And we we
0: had the advantage. If we won the two home games, we could be up 3-0 or 3-1. Yeah. The
1: Heat we're plus 14 in points in the paint. So not only, and not only did they have the advantage in points in the paint is we also were even on three point shooting. Basically. I think they had, you know, it was like 12 to third. It was like 12 three pointers to 13 or vice versa. Like it was basically even from the three point line. Right. And if you've seen like where we get the advantage is through the three point shooting. That's how we've played this playoffs is when we have a larger, uh, when we're plus you know 10, 15 from three, that's when we really control games. So in a game where the three pointers are even, we have to play we have to play smarter we have to play you know within ourselves we have to play get easier shots for ourselves you know what I mean like if it's a back and forth game from three, that's something that we weren't able to do because we were turning the ball over and th- we were down at 1.26 max in this game. We got it, it back. That was tough. We got it back We to got one. it back all the way back to one, right? In the middle, we had – And then Jason
0: Tatum came back.
1: Yeah, in the middle, Smart went out and then came back in. Jimmy Butler uh, was not there for the second half. Jason Tatum went out and then came back in after a couple possessions. So to Terrible have all call. that – Terrible how- call.
0: Tatum should have stayed off the bench because as soon as he went out, the team actually they were like got they were like they're like, we have to win this and we're gonna and win Jaylen this without Brown, Tatum. Jalen Brown went off. Jalen Brown had his takeover. And then when Jason Tatum came back, they stopped giving the ball to Brown. And that boggles my mind. It infuriates me beyond belief because this has been a problem that we've seen for so long. Yeah. When Jason Tatum comes back, the ball goes to him and he sits there and he makes a terrible turnover, then another terrible turnover, and then we lose the game. When we brought it back to one. Jalen Brown was going off. That ball needs to stay in that guy's hands because he's in the flow state. He's in a rhythm. Yeah. He should, he, he should be the primary ball handler or even the primary like objective of the play. Right. Say smart brings it up. That's fine. We're looking for Jalen Brown. whether are setting off ball screens because you could see he was moving without the ball. There was mm-hmm. a little back and forth. That's fine. That's great. He needs to be the guy. Jason Tatum should have stayed out of the freaking game. Absolutely, it because really, he was yeah. stinking up a pile of dog crap.
1: It, it, he it, had so many turnovers, it's, and he shot awful. The way he, the way he played during this game, Max, was so aggravating. It felt like every time that the Celtics came up empty on a possession, he was walking down the court. He was. He does uh, this jogging. He puts his hand up, yeah, puts his hand up. But he's jogging. He's coming back. There was a key play I saw. Um. Where Tatum, I, I think he misses a shot or from the right wing, and uh the Heat are running back up. They're sprinting back up, and Tatum is jogging, jogging on the wing, jogging on the wing. He gets into the paint kind of slowly, turns around, and bam, just has a straight line through the uh through the paint and gets a dunk. Easy I dunk. Saw that. I right saw by that. him. Right by Tatum. When when you're not when when your shot's not falling and like it was like we've seen Tatum shoot bad before he's had a one for eighteen game before like we've we've seen some horrible shooting games for him we've seen before. some horrible yeah but that's no excuse for the opposite end of the court yeah, you get kind of pumped up when you're playing good offense it kind of pumps you up on defense but you need to play good defense whether or not the ball is going into the basket for you or not right that say like it was going in for Brown. So what, if Jason Tatum doesn't get a shot in, but Brown is, Jason Tatum does. Oh, yeah, Jason
0: Tatum doesn't play. Doesn't yeah. play?
1: Yeah. Right? I want it, my it, turn on this swing set.
0: It's it feels childish and it feels a little immature in that sense. And and you need to trust JB. I mean, JB can be streaky. He can miss some shots, and that's fine. And we but you gotta trust the guy. I mean, he yeah. is truly a bucket and he's the one two punch. Our one, well, it's like we got our like hand chopped off and we're trying to play a boxing match. We have two and two was a metal fist that was on fire. I mean, which one do you want to keep fighting with your stub or a metal fist that's on fire? Like I'm picking this one, but instead we poured water all over that fire and then just let it sit on the ground. Yeah. Literally we were like in key moments and look, I get that they were hitting their clutch, their clutch plays, but as long as we're scoring and going back and forth, there was still time on the clock. There was still minutes left. We have the opportunity to come back and, again it's why do we get into these situations where we're down bad and we have to try to like fight back Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the series great now our backs are up against the wall i know it's only 2-1 but we don't have home court advantage this is
1: not a position that we want to be in (sighs) we're lucky that this happened at home in the first game and that we have another game at home but you know, I trust. I I trust the rebound factor from the Celtics. Like we've seen it in the playoffs where they come out flat or they're not playing well. Like that game five in in Milwaukee, and then Tatum comes out with the with, with a fire, lit a fire under his ass, and he got forty six. Right. So we've seen that game, but it's just a consistency for me where we're not able to build on these good games. It's tough for us to build on these good games this should have been the game Max we saw we we saw that game too in Miami oh, we had
0: another yeah
1: where we were going off from three and I thought I always thought Replicate okay it. it's easier to shoot for three from home you you had a great shooting three point game on the road in Miami and you would think the next game at home you should have as good of a shooting game or just as good of a game from an intensity standpoint and you come out super flat you allow bam to get going he's hitting crazy shots by the end of it where crazy shots like he's that, fully contested
0: just oh over last second and he just pops it in
1: He's yeah. He is make. He made a fool out of Al Horford a couple times on the baseline. I, I, I wouldn't say a fool because Al Horford was trying. He was trying, but he just could not keep up, man. It was like when Bam got in his bag and he was rolling, and he understood that he needed to be oh. aggressive. There were times where he just got right past Al Horford, and it was just really tough for him to stop. When Bam's shot wasn't falling in those first two games, Al, for- Al Horford clamped him up. But in this. But now we can't expect uh, Bam to to not miss anymore, right? You know what I mean? Like you can't expect that Bam's going to have a bad shooting game once he's had this twenty nine point game. Same with Struess. There's got to be there's got to be more of an effort to be placed on those guys that come off screens, hit, try to shoot the three, like Vincent and Struess and Tyler oh, yeah, Hero yeah. and and Duncan Robinson. If he comes in, he's probably not going to make it, but he's going to uh, shoot he, it. No,
0: he uh, well, I mean, he was in and he was real bad.
1: Yeah, so you know what I mean? Like those types of guys, Oladipo, they'll, they'll I still shoot let, the three. I still
0: wouldn't let them shoot the three. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you have to worry about containing Oladipo too because he could drop 20 points on you. you got to worry about Tyler Hero because he could drop 20 points on you. The Heat have a lot of... And Gabe Vincent's been playing out of his
1: mind. Yeah, he's been playing really well, too. So defensive... Offensively, they've been really well. And defensively, they they had a game of their life. Oladipo had four steals. Lowry had four steals. Bam had four steals. They had nine, they had nine steals, go like, in the third. Um, Not just the third alone, but I'm saying, like, the, the
0: whole game. Through the, up third, to the third, yeah. And Jason Tatum... I mean, this is how many times have we faced the Miami Heat in the playoffs? It's a relatively similar team led by Jimmy Butler. You yeah. still can't figure out how to score on these guys holy crap figure it out dude yeah figure it out and if you can't you need to take a back seat and go sit your butt on the bench so that somebody else can 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 actually play because as a team we just need to like once we get into that rhythm I mean that's how we came back right we had some great runs but it's like Jason Tatum comes out and he's walking that's not the example you want to set
1: he's not playing within himself uh consistently in the series right like that Game two, he played well, but he played within within himself. He played his game. He played played his played his game. He was a steady guy, right? In game three, when his shot wasn't falling, he didn't play within himself. He wasn't a good facilitator. He was making key mistakes. Like he said that he wouldn't make after game one, right? When he had like what, five or four or five turnovers in game one he said, I'm going to make those adjustments. And then we thought, you know, after game two, when he played pretty well, they're like, Oh, okay. He was steady. He didn't make those same mistakes. Oh, okay. We've, you know, we're over the hump on that, but he went back to being game one. Tatum So, you know what I mean? Like it's either you've made those adjustments. You understand how to play them or you haven't like we, if we keep getting these flip flop games from our best player, we're never going to be, we're never going to play our best game our best player needs to like, you know, play within himself, take over when needed. Like, that's what we ask for when you're the star, when you're the superstar. Right. It's not, it's not like, Oh, some unnecessary pressure. This is pressure. That's all given to the superstar player of your team. And it, and he needs to be able to to take that on and play consistently. We can't ask for, Oh, only when we're down, will he get the, you know, the the forty-six point tatum, the fifty point tatum, only when we're down in a series. It's gotta yeah. be when we're tied in a series, when we're up in the series. We we gotta get that next game's gotta be up like that too. So Because it's it's why right. It's it's why
0: right. You need to let Miami try to try to have to overcome that hill and gain the momentum. Exactly. And like like you said, Trey, it's it's we I can trust the Celtics to a point. You know, because we've seen it and we know that their bounce back is true and we know that Idoka is smart enough to make those adjustments, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's still not fun to be in that situation, period. No. No. Especially when you lose when we keep losing home games. I feel bad for these people in Boston paying for tickets and they're like, Oh, good. I just went there to watch Jason Tatum just uh, crap his pants. It's yeah. It's good. It's a nice, or, nice five hundred dollars I just spent.
1: They spent all that money. They got a comeback. And then when the key moments come up. A Tatum turnover turns into a basket, Streus, uh brown turnover, and uh Bam had that crazy mid range that clutched up. and then uh smart turnover, Lowry got the steal, and Struess got the layup. You know what I mean you're those are your three most important players. and they all had key turnovers in the last couple minutes that allowed Miami to who was only up one to bring it close to an eight or nine. And then that's the game right there, right? So you can't expect to come back and play the same way that you've been playing the, the, the before the comeback, right? When you're turning a ball over and yeah. you're down 26, you can't play that same way while your offense is playing, you know, better than it was. You can't expect, oh, okay, you know, we're down 14 now, so the occasional turnover is fine. No, 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 no. You got yourself when you were down 26. You got to play until you're tied. You got to play until you're even. You, you can't play make those same win. mistakes. So, yeah, you got to play until you win, right? It's not over. So, it, it it's kind of ridiculous how they played the same way while also playing better. I've never seen anything like that. They made mistakes while decreasing the deficit that they had. I've never seen that. And that's what ended up de- their demise, was that they didn't play better. They just they just shot better. They didn't play any better, they just shot better. Mhm. So, I mean, that's kind of aggravating. That's got to that's got to change. That's got to be tightened up. It's
0: it's So, we'll see. I mean, we've we've been analyzing this the, this playoff run and it's been incredible and it's so close. Yeah. I mean, how many times are we going to sit on our laurels and just be like, "Well, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals." Okay, make it to the finals. Oh, well, that's pretty good, Rod, because four out of six years ago, so we made the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, we've lost every single time.
1: And you know We're what I hate? war on winning. And you know what I hate, Max, is when we make the Eastern Conference Finals, is that um, that's like a, a key point for, or in the past, it's been a key point for front office. Yeah. People to come out and say, you know, you know, this is the same team that went to the Easter Carpets Finals. Yeah, that's years. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but but it's different when the fans say it is one thing. When your front office, who the people that make the changes and have to, you know, improve, they're trying the to team, justify. Yeah, they're trying to justify the team by saying that we've made the Easter Carpets Finals three out of four years, and you know, four out of five years, or you know, what I mean, four out of six years, or whatever. Like. They justify not making moves or you know, future decisions based on those past results that really didn't amount to anything at the end of the day. Yeah. So this has yeah. gotta be a break point. Like if if now that we've made it to this point and adjust we're if I'm adjusting our expectations, if we don't make the finals, right? I can't take that. I can't take that that argument anymore. Of we've made the Easter Conference Finals every year, so because that's going to be used somewhere else. Oh, you know, we didn't feel like we needed to make a trade here, or, or you know, improve the team in this way because you know we need more time with this group because we just made the Easter Conference Finals last year. I don't yeah. want to hear that. So yeah. I want them to make the finals, so that that argument is like wiped away. At least you made the finals. Um. We'll see though. You know, we're halfway through the series. This fear, the series feels like a war of attrition too. everyone's getting hurt. I feel like, you know, we're,
0: but it's not the same as like the warriors, um, grizzlies where we, they were actively beating the crap out of each other. I send you, no, this, something. Feels,
1: this feels like, I mean, obviously like actively beating the crap was like to, it felt more blatant. um, it did feel like the smart injury the kyle lowry was just like you know he just tossed himself back and and like flopped into smarts ankle um on that play uh but yeah the tatum injury the the butler injury those weren't like the, the, P,
0: the pj tucker one of the strongest guys in the league His his getting thrown by uh jason tatum <laughs> one of the strongest guys in the league put on put on an absolute oscar worthy performance as jason tatum literally did like a standard basketball wasn't even a real push it was just like a, a you know like a kind of elbow extension the yeah. guy goes flying and it goes all the way across half court, like sliding on his butt, acting like you just got like anime punched.
1: No, we can we can uh, we can match actor for actor for every smart no, it's, flop it's that we have. Flop, they P. got J. a Tucker. Lowry, they got a Lowry
0: and a PJ Tucker. Oh right? my so, god, Lowry! Oh my goodness gracious, so, that guy, that guy, he like somebody breathes
1: on him. Oh! <laughs> so I mean, they they got the, they got as many actors as we did. So I feel like. We the injuries are just gonna keep piling up. Where is Robert Williams? What is this? Ha- what's happening with him? Where you know? How is Jimmy Butler? Is he gonna you know play through the 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 oh, That's knee the thing, Trey.
0: Is that 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 that's the other thing too? Is that Robert Williams? That's so disappointing. I mean, my God, we you you were you've been unhealthy for the majority of this playoffs. This is the concern that we always had. I mean, it's a marvel that he played this season, and we're giving him his roses and his praise. But it's really frustrating to me to have a guy that you need. And you've built your roster around and is a
1: critical part of your your entire game plan to just be out. Well that the, the, when we talked about the contract last summer, Max, that's the big thing was, was we injury. We know concern. the talent. We knew the talent, right? Yeah. If he was hundred percent healthy or you know, he's missing five or that six. That would have been a steal. A year, that would have been a steal. We would have been all over that deal. But the one cause for concern we had was the injury history and his kind of his bounce back factor. Can he come back for injuries? And it felt like Lacked during the it regular up. season, it, he was relatively healthy. Like, I didn't have many problems with him until that, you know, final injury with the MCL. Now I feel like in the spots where we need him, the on and off is really killing us. Like, it, if he's going to play a couple games, like, I feel like he's got to fight a little bit through the soreness, even if it's in spurts. Like, even if we're only playing him 15 to 20 minutes, I feel like he's got to play through the soreness. I don't know if he
0: can, though, Shrey, because the thing about Robert Williams is that he's in a very delicate position. And as somebody who does a little bit of jumping and leaping, when your anything is not feeling right, the last thing that you want to do is start jumping and leaping on it. Because it's such a strenuous, explosive movement Mm -hmm. that if something's off, your risk of even further injury goes way up. And it just doesn't feel right when you have to make a big jump or a big play or go for a lob and, and your ankle clicks or your knee gets strained or you like feel something in your hamstrings or your hips. So I, I can't pretend to understand that in a professional setting. But as somebody who, you know, like when I'm jumping and working out and like playing basketball, you know, if I'm feeling great, throw me some lobs. You know what I mean? Like I'll, yeah. I'll attempt to dunk and all that stuff. If I'm not feeling right, I'm staying on the ground. For me I'll still play because I'm not, you know, I'm not in a professional setting, but I can tell you that that jumping factor is the first thing to go. So if he was healthy, that's fine. And he, you know, I'm sure that he could play, but the way that we use him, that is out of the picture when he's under this kind of uh, uh pain and stress.
1: But the the question about his injury is like what is the the main what is the main cause, right? Is this yeah. related to his MCL We saw that Yudoka said when he was out for a couple games for like three or four games during the Buck series it was because of the bone bruise that was unrelated in uh, to the MCL injury but also a part of it was a knee soreness right that caused that was caused by the bone bruise in his knee when we got this injury report and he was out they said left knee soreness I now don't know if this is related to his surgery and he's still feeling sore or if this is related to the new knee soreness because it's a bone bruise and the Celtics don't really clear that up they just say it's left knee soreness and it, you know it's up to interpretation on how you feel about that i in those pivotal moments if if he's going to play like he played two straight games he played game 1 and 2 and then game 3 he was not out i mean he was out like you know it, it feels I, I i don't know Obviously, I don't know the man's health and I don't know, you know, how he's feeling on the day to day. And, you know, things can change after, you know, a couple after a game and, you know, you feel differently. But the optics of it, it's just it, it's it's part of that inconsistency in the team that we're we're grappling with that, you know, smart is out for a game. Then he comes back. Horford is out for a game. Then he comes back. You know, Robert Williams is there for both games. He's not there. White is out for a game. He comes back yeah a team as good as this has got to deal with it and it's not yeah, like an excuse right. but you need to like you need to know if you're going to have those guys on a day-to-day basis as long as they come out relatively healthy coming out of the game you know what i mean if there's no crazy injury and that's something you know going into game four where i'm worried about is smart how is that ankle gonna look will he be ready for game four at home we need them tatum how is he going to come out, you know, after getting that stinger into his shooting shoulder? Is he going to come out okay? Is Butler going to play? I would expect him to play. He's a tough guy the same way that T- P.J. Tucker coming off the cast strain, he played, right? And then you got you got Lowry. Lowry is coming off of basically not playing all playoffs, right? He played a couple games, one or two games, and was out most, most of the playoffs. And he was rusty in game three. But if he plays anywhere better than he played last game, and defensively, he was pretty good. He was just offensively, he was awful. If he plays any better offensively, like, that's another play you got to worry about, too. So you can't play the same way or or have, you know, players not playing ineffective, have players on your team, Celtics being, play ineffectively and have players from the heat start to get hot, like Bam or Lowry or Oladipo or or Butler. So that's a recipe yeah. for disaster. So, um it's gonna be interesting to see the that injury report come K4. We'll
0: see, Shrey. Like we keep talking about the Heat are a good team. They're a real good team and uh Yeah, they got they got me nervous. And it's they time do. to it's time to focus, it's time to clamp up. I mean uh yeah, it is what it is. We'll see. We'll see. But for now we can't tell the future. We can't. So this has been. Another episode of the infamous, famous podcast uh, called Amateur Hour that is a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. Thank you very much for being here. We've really enjoyed our time and your time and your ears as well. So thank you. My name is Max along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.